0: cross-eyed radio program sponsored by joshua revolution cross-eyed is a radio talk show dedicated to proclaiming the message of the cross of jesus christ we want to encourage you to open your bibles with us as we study the life-changing revelation found within the scriptures and how to live the victorious christian life now let's go into the studio of revolution radio with your host pastor mike Chory.
1: Welcome tonight to cross Side Radio. And this is a radio broadcast on how to have victory over sin. And there could not be a more important topic for every person out there that believes in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus our Messiah. Coming off the heels of the last Trump, and I hope that was an encouragement to you tonight to get into the Bible prophecy, uh, particularly tonight we're we're dealing with the, the nation of Jordan which is going to be a protector of Israel. And that's found in Isaiah 16. The chapter is full of Bible prophecy, but we were studying verses one through five. Or also we were dealing with the modern day Palestinian movement, which is ancient uh, Edomites from Edom. And uh, that is an interesting book. Obadiah, study the book of Obadiah and you will know what's going on in Israel. So tonight here on the cross on cross side people are calling in that prayed the last hour to receive the free copy of the last Trump. And that book, uh, we have given that away and we have sold that book all over. It's called the last Trump in a twinkling of an eye will be gone. So we're not talking about Donald Trump. We're talking about the last Trump God's trumpet. That's about ready to sound to bring his bride off of the earth, rescue her from the coming tribulation. And then, I mean, then the sparks are gonna be flying. The great tribulation, you do not wanna be here for that. The Last Trump will explain all of that. And tonight, if you didn't pray, but you'd like to get the book, we sell it for $15. And so any Christian tonight that would like to order the last Trump, I believe it would be a tremendous blessing. Again, those phone numbers, 716-229-8000 or 1-888-444-2920 for those up in Canada. Hey, tonight we are excited to have. I got a special guest coming up. Kirk Space is going to be with us from central Pennsylvania, going to be sharing how the Lord opened up to him the revelation of the cross, saved him, delivered him. And he's been at the meetings here with Brother Donnie Swaggert. I'll give a, he can give a little testimony on what's happening there. It's going to be a tremendous hour. Get your Bibles out, get ready. And tonight to warm up, I want to just do a special song in honor of all the veterans. Today is Veterans Day and all of you that have served our country. We love you. God bless you. This is in your honor tonight.
2: coming on, my Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift soul. Oh, his truth is mine. They have built him an altar in the evening dews and damps. I can read his righteous sins by the dim and flaring lamps. His day is marching on in the beauty of the lilies. Christ was born across the sea. With the glory in His bosom That transfigures you and me As He died to make men holy Let us die to make men free While God is marching Let's do that verse one more time, please In the beauty of the limits, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us die to make men. While God is born
1: Hymn of the Republic, sung by Brother Jimmy Swaggart, and I pray tonight that would be a blessing to all our veterans, and all that you did to serve our country in battle and to protect us and to give us this freedom that we have tonight on radio to be able to preach the gospel over radio. I'll tell you what, we have a lot of problems in this nation, but the United States of America is still one of the greatest countries in the world, and. Canada, you also really benefit from America, and these, this part of the world has been protected by the grace of God, and we're, we're praying in these last days for a great revival in both countries. And so for every soldier, every person that has served in the military, we say God bless you and thank you. For your service you're listening tonight to cross radio and it has been quite a day and it's been quite a weekend and tonight uh here in the sanctuary uh, cross river tabernacle you have to understand we have a church as well as the ministry of joshua revolution joshua revolution goes out and we do outreaches in the public high school we hold events we do crusades in other countries and one of the things we do is this radio broadcast, but we also have a church here, Cross River Tabernacle. It's an independent, full gospel church that's connected to very much so with Jimmy Swagger Ministries and Sun Life Broadcasting Network, which is worldwide in over 100 countries of the world. And tonight, my guest here on cross Radio is a recipient of the blessing that sbn has been to so many because he has received so much from this ministry and i'm t- of course tonight uh talking about and want to welcome to CrossSide radio kirk space he's been a uh, on before on CrossSide, and kirk it's great to have you back
3: pastor mike thanks you know we've been talking about actually being here in studio and Here we are, finally. It's amazing. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, we talk so much on the phone by texting. We might as well do it on radio. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and how did you get involved with Jimmy Swaggart Ministries and you're here to hear Brother Donnie. Yeah. And you're here every time we have someone or a meeting, you come Mm -hmm. out and you bring Jared and Adam. Uh, And I want to say these young men are a blessing to me personally. But anyhow, tell us about yourself.
3: Yeah, so I uh I found you guys through SBN and uh I you know, I'm blessed to have come in on the right message from from the get go. And uh it's only been about March will be four years I've been saved and I got saved from a guy at work who Adam, who gave me the gospel in the truck and um. he turned me on to SBN and you know, the rest is history, but uh, I'm just a guy, single dad out here driving a truck for the living for the Lord and trying to reach people across central Pennsylvania. And tell everybody
1: where's home for you, Kirk.
3: Uh, home is Mifflinville, Pennsylvania. I grew up in Mountaintop, Pennsylvania, which is actually where Jared lives now. So you're about four hours, three hours from here? From our hotel in Niagara Falls to my house is four an hours and 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, we we are separated by a little bit of distance, but not separated at all. Uh, by his Holy Spirit. We've been brought together through this message of the cross. Yep. And I want to, people to know, uh, Kirk, how you got saved. And then I want to get into the delivering power of the message of the cross. But tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got saved.
3: Yeah, sure. So um, I was never uh, a religious or a Christian person ever. Um, I did Sunday school as a kid here and there. Um, my mom kind of drove it into our heads that she wanted us to go to church, but she didn't really push the issue that much. It was just something that we should do, and we did it. And I went through confirmation, and after confirmation, I guess at what maybe twelve, thirteen years old, that was that was the extent of my upbringing. in, in any, I mean, I didn't even know the extent of the importance of Christ. I mean, I just thought he was a guy that died, and everybody in the church thought he was a good guy, and I I didn't know anything. Yeah, you know, so. As I got older, I I took an interest into uh being a musician. I I picked up lead guitar and I became very good at it. And I started bands playing uh lead guitar and metal bands, specifically death metal bands. And these bands were uh extremely blasphemous. Um I can remember as a teenager buying albums man, thinking back now like how how stupid I was. Mm. Um these bands had uh blasphemous imagery on their album covers and in the, in the lyrics and i i went and bought some of these cds and i left them on my kitchen table at home and i would go out with my friends for the night and my mom would call me asking if i'm like worshiping satan in the woods because she saw these cds that i had laying on the on the table and it scared her she was worried and you know i didn't believe in any of these things that these bands were preaching or singing or uh, I just liked that image, and I thought it was cool. I liked the sound of it. Um, what were some of the bands
1: that you would have... Give a couple examples. Would it be Alice Cooper or no, Led Zeppelin? Uh, like
3: these are uh, these are uh, Dying Fetus, Cannibal Corpse. Wow, um, so really raunchy. Deicide. I mean, these yeah. guys have embedded upside-down crosses in their foreheads that are permanent. Uh, the fretboards on their guitars, are the inlays are upside-down crosses. They're, mm-hmm. it, it's... It's satanic. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. And uh, I never believed, you know, I didn't, I didn't like, you know, I didn't necessarily uh, believe in God or the devil. I just liked the image. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would wear shirts that had an upside down cross on them and it said, "I'm the Antichrist," and I'd be playing it at shows. And you know, I I blew up. You know, my band was the biggest band for death metal in our area, and I was signed, sponsored, and I had endorsements from major guitar companies and amplification companies and we we toured up and down pennsylvania and and some of the east coast and like that's what i did you know and so that imagery was embedded in me from the start and my friends and i we took an interest into ghost hunting at probably my late teens 16 and onward
1: ghost hunting
3: ghost hunting yeah so um we found this website online called the shadowlands And you pick the state you live in, and then you pick the town you live in, and they give you a list on this website of every uh, reported haunting in your area. And you could go check it out and see if you find ghosts. You know, we called it ghost hunting. So we knew off a hand from, you know, the town we grew up in that there were a couple spots that had Urban legends or myths surrounding these areas, and we thought, well, it'd be cool to go check it out. Let's, you know, let's go see if we could find anything spooky. So that's what we did, and there were three specific uh, incidences that drastically changed my life um, in in these ghost hunting scenarios. Um, we ended up going to an abandoned insane asylum in Scranton, Pennsylvania, that had a horrible story attached to it there was um thousands I I, I don't know if it was thousands but it was definitely hundreds of people that have died of a fire and they all had tuberculosis and the whole place was burnt to the ground and everybody just kind of vanished they left everything and we thought let's let's go check this place out you know and on this website that we were looking at on specific spots it had warnings on them like explore at your own risk, May be violent, maybe so on and so forth, you know, go at your own risk. Mm. And we didn't believe in uh, demons or devils or nothing. We just thought, you know, maybe there's going to be ghosts of dead people. We didn't know.
1: So you're really walking into this just for fun. For fun. Yeah. For and a thrill. Yeah. And you're, you're dabbling into the occult without yep. even realizing
3: without it. even knowing it wow yeah e- even in the music we're listening to right you know it's playing in your headphones it's playing in the car you're playing it at the show and it's satan 24 7 you know so he's the, he's
1: basically playing you for a fool absolutely he, he makes you think it's just fun and games but he's yeah. play, he's going for your soul absolutely and to pull you into hell forever
3: yep he's playing for keeps right and i, I had no idea so this one night um uh, at my apartment we had a couple friends over and we were talking about this place and we had some girls over, and they asked, do you want to go check out West Mountain Sanitarium? And we said, well, we never went there. We heard it was dangerous or violent, so we never went. And they said, oh, no, you should really check it out. We've been there. It's cool. You know, let's go. So they talked us into it, and we went, and uh, we didn't see anything. We just It was a cool place to see because there was a lot of history there, and we were able to walk through all of these burnt-down buildings. It was incredible to see because there were literally— still bed frames there from the 1920s when this fire happened and Mm -hmm. they just like it's just everybody just disappeared and left it you know so it was just it was an incredible thing to see and it was part of our our local history so we didn't experience anything so we ended up going back there like five six seven times because we never experienced anything well there was one night and this was the the defining moment in my life where things changed Mm -hmm. um we got we got to this uh first building there and we get out and now back then i was very outlandish and outgoing and i was the loudmouth and the leader of the pack and i get out of the car and we we walk up behind this building and it was open run down uh there's it's in the middle of the woods this whole place and i took my i had a wendy's cup in my cup holder of my car and i took it and i threw it inside this building i said what's up sanitarium we're here well you could hear a pin drop and all of a sudden you hear like this it gives me goosebumps to think about it but it was like uh, a growl of something that i didn't even think was possible and it there was wow. an explosion that went off that sounded like something had picked this building up and dropped it that's how loud it was and it scared the crap out of us so we run back to the car everybody gets in the back seat and me and another girl get in the driver's seat because she was so terrified she didn't know what seat to get in i have the keys and i'm trying to start the car and i'm shaking and i'm fumbling the keys and i can't get in and uh i finally get the keys in and i turn the light car on and i look ahead in front of my headlights and i say to everybody don't look forward whatever you do what does everybody do they look forward well in front of the car mike i'm not lying there was probably an eight to ten foot tall black solid shadow figure that Mm -hmm. was just a mass there was Mm -hmm. no details there was no nothing it was just you tell it had arms legs a head and it stood there staring at me and it pointed and I had to back out because this was a one way that had a cliff on the left and a mountain on the right. So I had to drive backwards. I'm driving backwards and this thing just pointed at me the whole way. And everybody else, I'll bring this up later mm. after I get saved, because I ended up, all those people that were in the car with me, Yeah, I stopped talking to them for years and I didn't call them until after I got saved mm. to tell them I, I found Jesus, right? And these people right. were from years ago. And I asked them if they remember what they saw in the car that night. None of them saw the same thing I did. Every one of them said they just saw what looked like a ball of light that was floating. I was the only one that saw a specific object of what looked like an apparition. Yeah, you know, so it scared the crap out of us, and so we you went. Saw a demon. I you saw a demon. Saw it. Yeah, it manifested in yeah. front of me, and right. after that, uh, it attached itself to me, and for years probably at least 15 years, I experienced so much demonic torment in my life. Um, I thought Mm. the houses I lived in were haunted. I thought there were just ghosts of dead people that might have lived there. I went so far as to do research and history on previous tenants that lived in apartments I lived in to find out if anybody died there, to find out if maybe their spirit is still lingering. I didn't know. You know, I had Mm. ghost hunting groups come in and do investigations, and they were terrified because they have this technology that can channel white noise and pick up voices from the spirit realm. Mm. And these things will answer you and they'll talk to you. And it said there were six demons in my apartment, vocally. Yeah, and yeah. It, it scared the crap out of everybody. We used
1: to say um, we we used to say when we were at uh, running Joshua Revolution conferences that there would be there there could be kids that came or, uh, people that came that definitely were influenced Mm -hmm. by the demonic world. And it's real. It is. And, um, and, and we, we don't share these things tonight to bring fear because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Right. So the, the big thing that we want to say tonight is Jesus allowed that in your life to get you to a place to realize that the spirit world is real mm-hmm. and only jesus can set the captive free right. of that
3: yeah and it got uh it got worse progressively um because satan doesn't let up i mean he'll he's going for keeps and he's gonna do with uh what what he what he can to to get you to um you know fold and so much. how
1: did it turn for you uh kirk because i know uh uh we could talk a lot more about the things that you mm-hmm. experienced in the demonic world, but we'll right. leave it just there. Yep. How did the Lord deliver you? Cause you had opened the door mm-hmm. and now they're attached themselves. They're, they're harassing you. They're, they're, they're showing up in your house and that, but what was the, the turning point when you found the Lord and was delivered
3: of this? So my life had culminated to a point where um, things were getting so bad I was dabbling in um prescription pills, pretty bad. I was working at a bar under the table. I had a lot of cash, and things were just messy. My life was a mess, and the Lord had orchestrated all these things to get me to a point where He needed to get me and uh some things happened with uh my friends and my job and I packed my life into a u haul I was living in Scranton, Pennsylvania in two thousand eighteen. I packed my whole apartment into U-Haul and moved back to my parents and started over with nothing. All I had was my car and my personal belongings, which most of them I sold. And I, uh, I started over. I got a, a real job on the books and um, started fresh. And you know, some more things happened. I lost that job and I started going and just trying to make it, you know, and start fresh. And uh, what happened was, I ended up meeting a girl. Uh, got her pregnant, and I had a child coming, and I needed a job. And this girl had lived uh, nowhere near where I was from. So I was looking for a job and a place to live nowhere near I ever would have thought I ever would have lived. You know, the the Lord was allowing this to get me to where I needed to be. And I get this job interview for the, uh, this linen company, driving a truck in central Pennsylvania. At the time, I was living at my parents. This this company was an hour or so more away from where my parents were living. So I ended up getting that job, which led me to get a, my own apartment closer to Central PA. Uh, all these pieces are starting to fall into place, right? Now I'm at this job for two months and I get put on a new route and there isn't one person in my company, driver-wise, who knows the Thursday of my route, except for Adam. Adam. You know, Adam, he's yeah. comes to church with us, right? And Adam's been there for 15 years. Well, he's the only guy there that knows this Thursday. Now tell me God doesn't know this, mm. you know? Mm. So uh, we didn't touch on any of the conspiracy theory stuff, but it's, it's irrelevant uh, mm. at this point. But me and Adam get in the truck together and we realize that we have a lot of things in common in regards to the knowledge on the occult and all this stuff. So we're sharing mm. stories and knowledge and Adam gives me the gospel. And I wasn't against it. Um, I just didn't know anything. So I didn't shoot it down. I asked him questions that I just, you know, thought I should ask. And he, he answered them. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So he told me, I'm going to put a thumb drive together with a bunch of content for you to check out with testimonies and ebooks and Bibles and all sorts of stuff. And he said, if you get through this thumb drive, uh, it's going to change your life. And I said, mm. all right, I'll take a look at it. I trust yeah. you. I said, I'll put a thumb drive together, too, for you of all my stuff about how aliens are real. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, okay, well, you can. I'll look at it. So he does this, and we switch content. And uh, Jared, me and Jared have been best friends since first grade. Mm. And we kind of went through the same paths of uh, conspiracy theory and occult stuff and you know the research together. And i told him what adam had given me at work and i said we should check this out and there was one video specifically uh, from an ex-satanist who was at the highest levels and he did a four-hour video exposing uh, the satanic brotherhood the freemasons all the way from the top and he dated it back to tubal Cain in the bible Hmm. halfway through this video i say to jared like that's real heavy (laughs) like we're sweating Yeah. yeah and i said i think maybe we should buy a bible because It seems like everything's pointing to the word of God. You know, we're looking for the truth. And I think it's staring us right in the face. Mm. And he said, I think you're right. So we finished that video and went on Amazon that night and ordered King James Bibles. Mm. Well, Mm. then Satan took the gloves off, man, because he knew we were close to finding the answer. And he didn't want to let go because he was so embedded in me, invested in me with all this demonic stuff I experienced and all of that paranormal stuff. Amplified for that month that I was investigating the gospel times 10 like I was having sleep paralysis. I was having outer body experiences when I was asleep. uh, There was a demon coming into my bedroom that would paralyze me and it would feel like this thing would whip me around my room and I was useless. I had trying, a, trying to keep you from making the
1: decision.
3: It might've been, you know, like spiritually. Yeah. That was the, the battle was getting yeah, stronger the, right.
1: because he knew he was losing. Right. He was about to lose you.
3: Yeah. I only, exper- uh, probably investigated the gospel from when I, uh, from when Adam gave it to me till I got saved maybe a month. Okay. And I knew within a week or two, this is, this is it. This is what I need to do. And, uh, I drug my feet and I was fighting, uh, family members because I was telling them what I'm learning and, uh, they didn't, they didn't want to hear it. And, but I knew, you know, um, so I'm experiencing all this demonic torment and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. I'm not sleeping in my bed anymore. I'm not getting any sleep at all. And I drive a truck Hmm. like I'm sleeping on my couch with SBN playing. I don't, I don't know what to do other than get saved because that's the only thing there is to do at this point and the night before i got saved i had a, a dream that i missed the rapture mm. and i was in a town uh that i was close to living in where i'm at now and it was uh there were demons in the streets it was literal hell on earth hell had had come to to here where we where we're at and we were taking cover inside of this building and we didn't want to leave and in my dream i had a conversation with my dad on the phone <laughs> about this being, we missed the rapture, uh, we got to go through this and we need to get saved and all this stuff. And in that dream, uh, Moloch manifested and revealed himself to me as the demon that's been tormenting me the last 15 years of my life. Hmm. And he was killing people in my dream and he said, you're next, you're mine and I'm not letting you go. And he lifted me up off the ground, like I just levitated off the ground in my dream. And he sucked me towards him, and it felt like there was a hot fire poker stuck in my lower back. And I woke up, and I was in tears, panicked. And I said, if I don't give my heart to the Lord, I'm not going to make it.
1: Wow. Glory to God.
3: I went to work the next oh. day, and I told Adam what happened. And uh, he said, you, you better make a decision. Right. And you better do it quick. And so I went home and I sat in my recliner for a couple hours by myself, nothing on, just thinking about it. I need to do this. This is it. And I couldn't because I knew I had to end my relationship with my girlfriend. I had to let go of everything. Hmm. You know, it's a complete surrender. Right. And I knew it. But I also knew where I was going if I didn't, and uh, I gave in. I cried out to the Lord. I confessed my sin. I repented, and immediately, Mike, the only thing I could tell people is it felt like I either stuck my finger in an electrical socket and got zapped, or I was, like, inside a walk-in cooler and my body was just, like, convulsing and shaking, and it just—it was the Holy Spirit coming into me, and it Mm. just— I was reborn at the snap of a finger and everything changed. Like, it's that fast. Mm-hmm. It's that fast. It's immediate. And, like, I had peace immediately. Unbelievable Hallelujah. peace. I mean, I used to be in the prescription drugs. Mm. Doesn't even come close. There is no feeling that anything in this world can give you compared to what the Holy Spirit does. Amen. And for a month straight, I was on cloud nine. Mm. Like, that new believer, you know, transformation, it was unbelievable. And my heart was radically changed. Everything changed. And all of those demonic experiences and attacks, they they went away. I never experienced anything ever again. I was delivered immediately.
1: And that's what this gospel does, Kirk. It not only saves us from hell, it right. delivers us from the power of the enemy harassing right. and tormenting. I mean, you know, one of the things that um, God used you in, this might be another broadcast, but when you brought out the whole thing with me about unforgiveness, when we don't forgive others, um, we're given over by God to the tormentors right? and and how important forgiveness is. And then the day that you received the forgiveness that Jesus was offering you by what he did on Calvary it brought the holy spirit in and the power of god the darkness could not handle it the bible says right. the 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 darkness cannot comprehend the light and what that means is the light is more powerful than the darkness if you go into a dark room and you turn on the light the darkness vanishes yep. but you, so the only way for darkness to overcome light, is you got to turn the light on. Turn off. the light on. So the light is yeah. greater, and that's what mm-hmm. you experience. Jesus yeah. is
3: the light. It was the most, uh, and it you know, my life changed after that. And it was uh, everybody's like, you're you're not even close to the same person. And my girlfriend was like, you like, I'm happy for you. She said like, y- you're not tired. You, you know, you're not falling asleep in the chair at random times. And you, you're draining like you you actually seem happy. And I was, and you know a lot of things changed, but uh knowing what I know, like there's no way I could ever turn my back on the Lord after what I experienced and how He delivered me from from all of it. you know it's just it's unbelievable
1: and and now, as you have become a Christian, you connected with s b n sunlight Broadcasting Network and now with our ministry on this message of the cross how has God opened up that message to you and, and taught you how to walk in the victory
3: that Christ gives you? It's, uh, you know, when I first got saved, I was, you know, I was uh, watching SBN. So I was hearing the message of the cross from when I first started investigating the gospel. And I knew after I got saved, I said, okay, now I really need to learn this message of the cross and like what this is all about. And I was thinking of it it's like some other thing that I, I needed to learn about when in reality was that, you know, it was just believing what I had already just done right. and and staying there. And I didn't know that in the beginning, you know, you know, we're we're new believers and it you know, you have to you have to walk out your faith and it just slowly but surely, by by listening and studying and coming to meetings up here, you know, it just became more clear and more clear and more clear that I don't want to, I can't do anything for any of this. I just have to believe and keep my faith anchored what delivered me in my recliner that night and stay there and not leave. And I I say this to to Jared all the time, like, you have no idea how lucky we are and blessed Hmm. that we came in on this message. Because right. the state of the church today is in very, very, very bad shape, and mm. to see, uh, we were just talking about it after service tonight. Like, I couldn't even imagine being a Christian that's non-Pentecostal. Mm. To me, that's foreign. Mm. You know, but it's it, it feels like we're the minority. Yeah. Today. Yeah. So it's 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 crazy. It really is. Yeah. It's been watered down so
1: much. And, and, you know, I was thinking about Luke 9, 23, listening to you. It says, Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him first deny himself and take up the cross daily and follow me. And for Kirk, those that are out there that are struggling and, and, and it could be someone that's not even saved. What for you does
3: take up your cross daily mean you got to die daily Mm. you're dead what you want your your own strength your own will uh anything that has to do with what you want it's got to go away and it's got to be what god wants first amen before anything else i i pray in my car every day going to work because i got a about a 45 minute drive to work and every day i tell the lord like I don't want anything to do with myself, Lord. Anything I want, I want, I don't, all I want is what you have for me and what you want for me and your will be done, not my own because I can't do it. I went 33 years of my life trying to do it and it got me demons. Yeah. So I don't want that anymore. Hmm. You know, it's just failure. That's all it is. We can't do it. That's why he had to come to the cross and die for us. And the cross of Calvary, uh, Most people look at it
1: for their salvation experience. Oh yeah, Jesus died on the cross for me. I rose from the dead the third day. I believe that and that's what saved me. But what we have learned through listening to SBN, which is Sunlight Broadcasting Network, the ministry of Brother Swaggart and many other ministers that work there in that ministry is the message of the cross is not something for salvation only. Right. And that's why this verse pick up your cross daily. We, as you mentioned, you got to die to self and you also have to believe the new man in you, which is Christ in you, that man in order for him to be uh, how do I say it? Prominent and growing. You have to keep your faith in the finished work of the cross anchored. Yes. Yep. And many Christians, they, they, they say, well, you got to move on from the cross. We never right. are to move on. Never. Paul said, I determined not to know anything else, but Jesus Christ in him crucified. He said for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are saved. It is the power of God. And what we have found uh, and what it took through personal failure for me to find it, to have that old wretched man that I am, is you never move on from the cross. Right, Colossians 2, six. It works, just why you, would you? Why would you? Because right. what you said, when you were sitting in that chair and you put your faith, you surrendered, all you simply did was surrender to Jesus and believe what he did for you to save right. you. And it was like, you were hit with a bolt of lightning.
3: Yep, it's that simple. Yeah. Give yourself up and keep your faith. That's it. In
1: the blood of Jesus. You're listening to cross Crossside Radio tonight. Kurt Space is my guest and we want you tonight anyone that doesn't know the Lord to understand the power of God is real and the power of Satan is real. We 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 sometimes don't really make that crystal clear. You you can go one of two places tonight. You can be for God, for Jesus, or you can be for the devil. And somebody might say, no, I'm going to stay in the middle. I'm not going to go too crazy for Jesus, and I'm not a Satanist. What what say you, Kirk, about that?
3: If you're not in it for Jesus, it doesn't matter where you are, because you're going to the same place. So good people right.
1: that try to live a good life but don't know Christ, they're going to the same place as the right. Those in the sa- satanic brotherhood.
3: Right. Absolutely. And that's and I, it's sad because I know a lot of good people, you know, that they, so sad they live good lives. You know, they're not bad people. They're not out killing, stealing, doing drugs. You know, they're family people. They work. They make a living and they go home and that's all they do. But unfortunately, if they don't accept Christ, they're going to hell.
1: And and let me say, you know, when when we were our family, we were a good family but we weren't born again right but when you really look beyond that meaning of good there were things in our life my mom my dad we were living a selfish life it, we we didn't go to church we got we got drunk we did yeah. things whatever we wanted yeah we we had a good uh we were we were good to other people but when it came to the god who created us and his son jesus who died for us we gave him no time at all.
3: Absolutely. So how good were we? Right, the hearts of man are desperately wicked.
1: Exactly.
3: It don't matter how good you think you are, we're not good. I mean what is it, Romans uh the entire chapter of Romans three, if you want to know what God thinks about us?
1: Right. You know? And there are none that seek after God. No. No, not one. Uh when you look at the modern church today, what do you what do you see? I mean, you have been connected to Family Worship Center, Baton Rouge, here, but there are a lot of places and a lot of Christians today that are not living for the Lord. They got one foot in the world, one in the church.
3: Well, here's my struggle with this, Mike. I I have a hard time uh, really even calling a lot of these people Christians, Uh, because to me, if you're a Christian, you're a born-again believer, because that's all I know. I see a lot of lip service to people saying they're Christian, and, you know— Uh, There is no fruit in their lives. They're on Facebook spewing nonsense and Mm. swearing. And uh, I'll I'll just give you this as a brief example. Uh, I won't use names, but um, I had to go to a local church in my town for uh, a friend's uh, brother had a dedication for his newborn at their church. And uh, it was a non-Pentecostal church. And the pastor was talking about his new beer fridge that wow. he had separate in his house. And they're all out in the lobby after service debating where we're going to go for lunch. And the pastor and the other guy uh, said they're only going anywhere that serves beer. In the church. In the lobby of the right. church. Right, right. Five minutes from my house. And I'm thinking, this place is in trouble. Right, all of these places are in trouble because this is the majority of the church today, mm. and I see it. And when I try to, you know, talk about being a Christian to anybody, they say you are nuts, mm. you are crazy, you you went off the deep end. Like, no, I am just a born again Christian. Like, loves to Jesus. me, this is normal. Right. I don't know right. any other. Right. You know. Yeah. So it's uh, like I said, it feels like we're the we're the minority here, and the modern church today. I wouldn't even call them a church. Mm. Mm. Well, when you go to the parable of the ten virgins,
1: only five were yep. ready. Right, five were not. That's half the church,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and and they they had no oil in their lamp. When you said earlier that every every church should be Pentecostal, right, or however you said it, right. Um, we're not talking about a denomination. We're right. not saying. You have to be a Pentecostal denomination, but as whatever you are, you, you want to be this, that, or another, but born again, believers need to go on to be filled with the spirit because the, the flesh is no match for the devil. Right. I need everything God has for me. He said, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Yep. And yet we got a lot of Christians that want to dabble in alcohol and that that leads to trouble.
3: That's one of the biggest things I see today uh, in the church is the acceptance of alcohol. And a lot of people just think, well, Jesus turned water into wine so I can drink. They don't even care to do any Greek word studies right. or investigate any of this. Right. Or all the verses in the Bible that outright condemn drinking. Right. They ignore it. They just think, well, Jesus, you know, it's one of the, the stories they learned in Sunday school, so... I was in when I was in Israel we were in a
1: place called Yad Hashmona and we went in to have dinner and they served us what they called wine and it was from the uh, right from the 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 vine itself it was grape juice it was not fermented it was the most luscious pure grape juice that I had ever taken and they said yeah. this is very close to what is believed Christ would have drank and the disciples and to say that Jesus would turn water into fermented alcohol wine that would make one intoxicated right. is to me close to blasphemy.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Right?
1: And yet when you go to Israel and you and you see or you taste pure grape juice right from the fruit of the vine. Right from the vine. Oh man, it's there's no drink like it. So yeah, there there is a lot of people that are trying to take a verse to to basically license their sin, justify right?
3: their sin. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think I think this subject of alcohol is the greatest indicator of whether somebody's born again or not because mm-hmm. I know a lot—not of well, tons—but I know born again people, and every one of them is a hundred percent against drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. And if they did drink it or if they struggled with it, they would have conviction and they do. Anybody else that uh, I talk to that is for alcohol, they have no other signs of being a born again Christian. Right. I think this is one of those uh, topics that is a pretty good indicator that it's like a litmus test. Yeah, right. That, that there's a good chance they're probably not born again if they're advocating for alcohol.
1: You know, and the Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. When you look at how it has destroyed so many people's lives, marriages, families, why would you as a believer want anything to do with that? Why would you want that in your refrigerator? And me and my wife made a determination uh, many years ago that there would be none of that in our home. And all of our kids today are saved and baptized with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. And my son, and, and to my knowledge, our daughters, none of them has even tasted. They don't Good. even know what it tastes like because they were saved at a very young age and filled with the spirit. They don't even desire that. right? And so for, for Christians today to try to make a case for alcohol, you're, you're going down a road of, that's going to lead you into lukewarmness. Jesus said, he's going to spit you out. And today it's, are you all in? Are you surrendered? Or are you still trying to dabble
3: right, well, in the world? And I'll tell you why they try to make a case for it, because their pastor is telling them it's okay. And most right. people today aren't investigating the Word of God on their own. They're taking the man in the pulpit's word for it, no matter where it is. Like, we know better, you know, not to just, like, I shouldn't trust anything you say, Donnie says, SBN says... Without going to the word of God and backing Amen. it up for myself right. and thinking, are they, okay, this is eternity here. Yeah. Uh, are what they say, in, is this real? Do We a chapter and verse, right. right? Every single debate I ever get in with anybody, I say, give me chapter and verse, yep. show it to me in the word of God. I, I've said to our church, when
1: you hear something that you haven't heard before from a preacher, you should say, do you have Bible for right. that? Yep. And, and. Tonight, uh, you know, and I got got to say this. I I heard of a pastor and I won't call his name, but a local pastor that had a Bible study with a group of men and they would come together, study the Bible, and then they would drink wine and play cards, play poker. And I thought to myself, you know what? You do not have any understanding of the holiness of God. He said, come out from among them and be separate, separate. saith the Lord. And you know, when you... What you do with the Holy Spirit is gonna determine, because if you reject the power of the Spirit, you're going to you're, you're basically gonna lead into carnality, right. which is fleshly desires. And tonight, I want you to know, if you're listening to Cross-Eyed Radio, the message of the cross calls us to lay it all down. Yep. Jesus laid down his life for you, and the Bible is clearly saying, In in Luke 9, 23, Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Tonight, if you're someone that is dabbling in the occult or you've had these thoughts of, you know, I don't even know if God's real and maybe darkness right now is all over you. I want you to know tonight, Jesus died on the cross for you. He wants to set you free, even as he set Kirk free. Kirk, tonight, take 30 seconds, 60 seconds to minister to that one who is struggling and his life right now is spinning out of
3: control. Uh, it might seem right now to a lot of people that uh, there is no hope. There's, uh, I'm too bad. I'm not good enough. Or you might just think um, Satan's got a hold of you and he's convinced you and lied to you that You're too far into this, and there's no getting out. A lot of people think they can sell their souls to the devil. Well, I'm telling you, it's not your soul to sell. God owns your soul, Mm. and uh, there is hope, and there is a way out, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel to anybody who's in any of those positions right now. And if you cry out to God and accept what he did at the cross and deny yourself and anything your, anything that has to do with your strength, your will, your power, give it up and give it to God, and he will turn your life around. I promise you, 100%.
1: Amen. So let's just do that right now, tonight. Anybody that's out there, just right now, say to God, "Oh God, I'm a wretched man. I cannot save myself, and I cannot deliver myself, but I believe that Jesus Christ died on that cross to save my soul. And tonight I want to give him my life. I want to give him my heart. Tell him right now, Jesus come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Deliver me from the darkness. Deliver me from the oppression. Deliver me from every spirit that is not your spirit right now. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. I want to be born again. And I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he's alive. Lord, be alive in me right now. And I ask it and I receive you, Lord, by faith in Jesus' name right now. Amen and amen. Friend, if you just prayed a prayer of commitment to the Lord, there are operators waiting tonight. I want to send you a book that we've written called Cross-Eyed, How to Have Victory Over Sin. It's going to teach you how to live for God. We'll send it to you, postage paid, free of charge. All you have to do tonight is call Joshua Revolution. Operators are standing by if you pray tonight to receive Christ or come back to the Lord. The number to call, 716-229-8000. That's in Buffalo or the surrounding area of Buffalo. 716-229-8000. For those of you out of Buffalo, up in Canada, 1-888-444-2977. Two zero one eight 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 four 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 two nine two zero. Go to your phones right now for Kirk Spaces and Mike Chory. Thanks for listening. Kirk, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Again I love tonight, you, brother. Mike, I love you. You're a light. You're an encouragement to me. Hey, we love you. God bless you. Be with us next week.
4: My
0: You have been listening to CrossEyed, a radio talk show sponsored by Joshua Revolution. If CrossEyed has been a blessing to you, please let us know by sending a testimony of how the program has helped you. If you would like to support CrossEyed financially, you can send financial gifts to Joshua Revolution, P.O. Box 923, Grand Island, New York 14072, or go online to joshuarevolution.org. We thank you for your help and prayers. And remember to tune in next week at 9.30 p.m. for cross a radio show proclaiming the message of the cross.